0: Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. I am coming to you just off the back of a weekend down in Kent. Well, maybe a day and a half down in Kent at um, the UKP Southern Championship. So for me, that was the first show of the season where I was out with Scotland travelling. Um, I had Gabriella competing in that, and then Ali's client Beth was competing in that too. Both did incredibly well and walked away with a first and a second in their respective uh, two different categories that they did. Um, which was wellness, fitness model, junior bikini and uh, open bikini. But a great day. UKUP um, is a really, really nice fed in regards to how it's run and the care and attention they have towards the athletes. So big shout out to Wes and Glenn if you guys are listening. Um, there's a reason why each year you see me put in, you know, across the year, easily like six to eight athletes in their shows. And a, an added bonus is that they give you free pizza at the end and there's always fucking loads. So, um I may have sneaked a couple of slices We'll call it Coach's coach's Pizza um, At the uh, the end of the show It was wicked But you know what See what I am reminded of Anytime I travel down south To um, these shows So usually in Scotland If you're not really aware Or familiar with the United Kingdom Scotland where I live in Dundee Is maybe um, a couple hours max drive From really everywhere in Scotland So getting to those shows To and from on the same day No bother at all For me to go to England Particularly Kent It would be like a 10 hour drive So absolutely fuck that so what I tend to do is I uh, drive 50 minutes to Edinburgh and then I fly from Edinburgh to London and then just get the trains and whatnot. But those of you listening, like, you'll... How, how shite is it that when you're trying to get a train from somewhere in London to another place, like, you have to get, like, the Underground and then an Overtrain and the Underground and wherever and there's, like, two minutes between each and every single one. You know, you arrive and then it's like, right, get it from the Underground upstairs in two minutes and you have to fucking boat. What I'm reminded of is that I weigh about 100 you know, say between 123 and 125 kilos, I'm reminded that that's not a very good weight to run around at. My knees are fucking screaming at me, my ankles are screaming, I was sweaty, um, and I hate how fucking busy uh, London is in general compared to Dundee where I stay. I'm just used to it being quiet. But you know what? All that aside, brilliant, brilliant, uh, brilliant weekend away and a great start to the English season. I think we're now up to 62... Top threes in the first seven weeks, you know, which thirty four of those have been firsts. Incredible stuff, and the team have been absolutely smashing it. But uh, we go again. We have three members of the team competing this weekend. Two down at PC Newcastle, uh, and then one uh, who's doing back to back Manchester and NFN UK. So again, more more uh, results are going to be added to the the ongoing tally that we have. But back onto the subject of today's podcast, which is really to discuss um, Anavar and prima bone within the female and bodybuilding scene because obviously I've done uh, one on tests and that sparked a lot of interesting questions and a lot of um, questions asking about, well, okay, right Vaughan, you said about that. Could you could you speak about this? And the answer is, is yes, no problem. So as many of you are already aware, like steroid use within the female bodybuilding community has become more and more openly discussed in recent years than it really ever was before of and Primo Bollin are two steroids in particular often used by female athletes during their competition prep or and inclusive in their off seasons as well. Um, although there's still plenty out there that will um, you know, frequently use it um, and still not really kind of know how it works, its potential sides um, that it can cause. So this pod- podcast is just going to explain kind of what they are, the rationale behind like why we would use them with athletes, potential side effects that can come from misuse, um, and, you know, the question being, can you run that alongside the fem test? But, again, like anything, I should say that anything uh, that you listen to in this podcast is just for educational purposes only, uh, informational purposes only, and it should not be taking advice in any way um, whatsoever. Failing from that, I always end these podcasts saying, you know, get in touch with an expert or get in touch with someone that knows what they're talking about. So, if you're thinking about taking these and you're unsure, feel please feel free um, to, to book in a consult call with myself, join the team, or you can pay for an educational consult and we can have a chat about that. But um, before we get into it, I'd strongly, strongly advise that you go listen to the other podcasts I've done on anabolic steroids. So just the introduction to testosterone, the DHT, uh, derivatives and nandrolone, introduction to orals, and then the one on the test. If you're unsure about where those are, there's also articles on the website that you can uh, check out. But really, a lot of what I'll go into, although I try and pitch everything across in layman's terms in these episodes, some of it it might go over your head, if you haven't listened to those before. So again, if if you're listening to this, pause, stop this episode, go back and listen to the others, and then rejoin this from this set point. So I think it's just important to note that all steroids in general are kind of preparations containing three naturally occurring steroid hormones. Testosterone, dihydrotestosterone, or DHT for short, nandrolone, uh, sometimes known as 19-nor, or people will call it like, uh, some some, like, some call it DECA, but uh, there's derivatives in Andron that, that aren't DECA. But as um as you'll know already, because you've listened to the podcast and you've uh, you've read the articles like you know that the um the Anivar and Primabolin are DHT derivatives. That's a category that they fall under. So those DHT derivatives they don't act like pure DHT and what I'm guessing at is that DHT is converted from testosterone within your body. Right by five alpha reductase. Now, what happens is that once it's reduced from testosterone DHT, it gets three times stronger at binding to an androgen receptor in androgenic tissues such as your scalp, such as your organs, your skin, etc., etc. Everything out with muscle is what kind of androgenic stands for. Um, so that's what pure DHT does. But what I think is really important to, for you to take home is that a DHT derivative, something derived from DHT, it does not act like that, right? It doesn't doesn't do that. It doesn't get stronger or weaker. So in essence, what this means is that those DHT, DHT derivatives have like quite a very well balanced effect between um, sort of muscle and androgenic tissues, making them far less androgenic than testosterone so again i'm using the word androgenic just to reiterate androgenic is meaning the effects that steroids have on your body out with the effects they have on their muscles so they're binding to everything else like receptor wise that isn't in muscle mass um, and that would be particularly like you could talk like those side effects how would you see them well you see them in blood work the effect it would have on like your your organs, your cholesterol, your liver enzymes, etc. etc. But also maybe you start to get oily skin, uh bodily and facial hair, voice deepening, blah blah blah. So of course, um it's those androgenic sides that females are trying to avoid all costs, right? We call this like you know, viralization, the development of male characteristics, the deepening of the voice, the facial hair, the oily skin, the hard jawline, perhaps clitoral enlargement as well. Um, all those things that you women just absolutely do not want. And it's for this reason why you'd favour the DHT derivatives because they're not going to to be androgenic and they're not going to get any stronger or weaker in your body. Um, but of course, by uh, by using Anavar or Primobolan, uh, any female will have an increased ability to um, recover better, be able to train harder add more muscle mass uh, quicker, more efficiently, uh, than versus if you didn't use those um, those steroids in the first place. Um, but as I says before before we get into whether you can use either one of them, um, let's just briefly go over kind of what um, Anivar and Primobolan are. So if you're kind of new to this, Anivar is something you maybe have heard Big Jimmy down the gym suggesting or trying to sell you. Uh, the big appeal with Anivar is that it's an oral pill. A lot of women have this like irrational fear of injecting themselves um, for, for some unknown reason. I think it's just because of the taboo nature of actual the, the subject. However, it's getting more and more uh, spoken about. So I think the injectable side of things like the fem test which needs to be injected, that's why that's popularity is increasing because that taboo nature is uh, slowly dissipating, I feel, within recent years. But anyway, Anavar is an oral pill, um, as I says. It's often used within the bodybuilding scene um, and taken usually pre-workout to specifically help with stress. At your stress? No, that's not the word, Vaughan. To help with your strength during your weight session, particularly in like a dieting phase when we're low in calories, uh, the Anivar can help us you know, increase our pumps, deliver uh, nutrients, deliver blood flow to muscles themselves, allow us to get a bit fuller um, and effectively allow us to, to get a little bit stronger as we're pulling down. However, it can also have a Cosmetic properties to it, and by that I mean it does bring, in my opinion, a little bit of a harder look to the physique. And that's something that you don't maybe necessarily need or are using it for. It's mostly going to cause that in the, like, the higher dosages. So, you know, with females, you guys, the dosage you're running at, you're maybe not going to see, tend to see quite a cosmetic change, um, but you'll st- it'll still help your strength be working. I think that what many people agree on is that in the research that there is out there, it's shown that Anivar actually has quite poor binding properties to the androgen receptor, right? Which you kind of think, well, okay, how is it, how is it causing all these effects? Well, it's clearly working through non-androgen receptor mediated pathways, which is a fancy word for saying there's a different pathway in the body that this is having its effect on to help us get stronger, and it ain't happening at the um, at the androgen receptor. And right? in, in the medical scene, as with most steroids, they're sort of developed to help uh, patients that are maybe... Uh, have severe weight loss that are maybe under that have had some traumatic experience or um maybe bone mineral density problems or whatever is trying to help someone gain weight um that's what it's using the medical scene for but in um bodybuilding we we always take a bit more <laughs> than they do at the um in, in the medical scene don't they because it's just the the nature of uh, the nature of us as human beings or us as bodybuilders so, um, although the doses we use haven't been necessarily extensively or at all really um, studied, uh, you're often going to see females running, let's say, 5 to 10 milligrams um, there thereabouts on a day-to-day basis. Um, it's got a rough half-life of 13 hours, so it stays like, half of the drug is eliminated from your body within 13 hours, so that's why it's often supplemented daily. Typical time duration, maybe six to eight weeks eight weeks probably been the, the upper end or some people may go a bit more than that. But again, me trying to, to put across a, a a safer, kind of quote unquote safer message, it's, it's going to be six to eight weeks, isn't it? But not uncommon to see some females run that for a bit longer, particularly when on a contest prep and in a, a really sort of extended uh, extreme dieting phase. Now, Primo, uh, for the most part, particularly in male steroid would be injected. However, 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 there's a certain lab, which I will not name, um, that produces um, oral, oral pills, uh, which is great, right, for, for females. Again, with this whole lure of not wanting to in- inject themselves. Well, why would you use Primo over Anavar or any other drug? And I think the big argument that I, I really still think not been conclusively decided is um, that primobolin in some studies is shown to be a bit more tissue selective than other drugs, meaning that it's binding more so to the androgen receptor in muscle than it is in other tissues, such as, you know, your liver, kidneys, etc, etc, which of course is something that you want. Um, But then again, you're thinking about, well, Vaughn, you're saying that ANOVAR didn't really bind the androgen receptor anyway, so is that really relevant? My point exactly, but it's worth noting that Primo itself is known to be relatively weak and that's just for the amount of molecules that are actually in Primo in itself versus the likes of Vanivar. So it's often why it's tend to be run in males at higher dosages. Um, but in females, again, it's typically going to come in tablet form, roughly between 5 to 10 milligrams um, per tablet, there thereabouts. However, the injectable side of things um, is 100 mg per mil. so. Scenario being is that let's say you were running ten milligrams of that every single day. Well, that's 70 milligrams across the week. The effect that has on your health versus if you actually were to actually have two injections across the week or three microdosing that, it'd probably actually be safer um, than than actually taking the oral pill and probably be a bit more effective and less impactful on your health. Um, it's worth noting that the that half life for the tab is very similar. Um, I've got it written down here five to twenty hours for the oral. So again, supplemented daily. It's not going to bring about any cosmetic change to the physique, in my opinion. It's not going to cause uh, an increase, uh, like uh, in strength, uh, taking pre workout. It's not going to do that, but it will help you still recover more, get stronger, etc., etc. On a side note, um, it's worth noting that a drug that's very, very similar to Primobolan is sometimes used in females. Um, would be Masteron and uh, that will bring about a cosmetic uh, effect change again at higher dosages, but um, that's going to cause like a bit of a drier look. But that would tend to be... Um, you're not going to really find that in oral form, so it's really only going to be injectables, and I would often imagine um, and say that it's going to be the, the more muscular um, female classes that may that may use Mastron, right? The, the muscular figure classes, the women's physique, opposed to, um, you know, let's face it, right? In the UK today, a lot of um, bikini girls that are doing regionals and pro collies, like they're using Femtest, uh, they're using Anavaro Primo in tablet form. Um, and that's just the way the industry is kind of going. Is there a need for that? Probably not. But because you're getting a lot of girls that are using it, then the standard of competitors and the winners and whatnot increases. So then the people that are coming that are new to the rank see that standard and then they have to then use the assistance to, to effectively get there. But again, it's all about doing it in a smart way, isn't it? And under, and being aware of the, the side effects or potential side effects that it can have on your body. And that's just something like we'll just delve into right now. So no performance science from drugs, whether it's steroids or fat burners or whatever, will will come without side effects, right? And as such, particularly as females, you've got to be aware that like steroids will, will skew some of the, your just general health markers. Um But again, like a lot of People say, "Oh, what's the research here?" Yeah, I say, "Look again. Like a lot of the 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 steroids researched and sort like for medical purposes, like we, we take a lot more. Um, well, although there's there's still stumps out there, I'm sure they'll um, test for higher, but a lot of them uh, won't test for quite as much. So first things first, what you need to be aware of if you're going to be using any form of steroids, increasing testosterone levels, well, oral steroids themselves, they're made in such a way they have a chemical makeup that." Um, it increases liver enzymes and causes what's called. Um, hip- I can't even fucking say that word. Hepatotoxicity. There you go. That's a big fucking word for a Monday, isn't it? Which is effectively a fancy word for saying chemical-driven liver damage, which doesn't sound too hot, doesn't it? Now, when you when you like, how will you see this? You'd see it in blood work as an increase in uh, what's called ALT, which is alanine. Um, fucking another word, big word. Can't I can't say alanine trans. Fucking hell. Let's just let's just say it's alts. There you go. Because let's face it, you're listening to that word and you're going, fuck that." I'm not going to remember it. I'm just going to remember it. it's bad for my liver. Um, but this would make sense as to why you need to support those liver enzymes throughout usage, don't you? It would make sense. Um, the kind of hypothalamic pituitary, pituitary ovarian axis or gonadal axis, whatever you want to call it, using steroids will impact this, right? It's a delicate. It's in delicate access in its nature and it's dependent upon so many things that affect others that the minute you put a bit more testosterone in your body you then start making a bit more estrogen that then can potentially have like if you're taking the pill it can render the pill ineffective because you're increasing estrogen which then coincides with an increase in LH which then is increasing you know, your chance of ovulation so it may bring about menstrual cycle irregularities or, <laughs> or it could bring about pregnancy if you're not careful if you're using steroids um and, you know, you're on the pill and you're sexually active and perhaps, um, you know, you don't know it, but you ovulate, there's a, there's, a, there's an increased risk of potentially getting pregnant. So just be aware of that if you're if you're a female and you're thinking about using steroids, of course. Um, be careful But other impacts it can have on your cholesterol. Again, it's common knowledge that steroid uses can negatively impact your cholesterol. So just causing like a reduction in your HDLs or high-density lipoproteins, otherwise known as your good cholesterol, and an increase in low-density lipoproteins, LDLs, or also known as bad cholesterol. But again, what what will get at is when I'm kind of going all into these bad things, it's worth noting that ceasage, when you cease to use steroids, after some time of potentially support, these things will return back to their baseline and normal levels. But again, it would make sense to, to have some sort of health support in there to again try and support good cholesterol. Um, poor kidney functioning as well, the pro- prolonged usage of, of uh, oral steroids can impact just how your kidneys function, the rate and efficiency, they can filtrate like waste out of the blood. Um, but like, as I says, with anything, once you stop using particularly oral steroids, uh, these things will return to normal after some time. Um, it's really hard to give you a ballpark figure. How long that'll take because it's person-dependent, but if you went down to totally natty and nothing at all and health held subs check and your diet was good... You can imagine that things should be pretty much back where they need to be after about eight weeks. One would predict, but again, person dependent. Um, it's worth noting though that if you were to inject steroids, opposed to take them orally, there'd be significantly less of an impact on all those things mentioned, because it's it's how those oral steroids are made up. That's the big uh, the big problem in the body. They're made in such a way that they're trying to. Uh, bypass the stomach, right? Um, and the stomachs obviously full of acid. So again, because i made in such a way, it just it causes an increase in liver enzymes, which and, and other other things that we've spoken, which uh, which is good. Um so, put your big girl pants on if you're going to take steroids. You you know you can inject them. Uh, if you if you listen to this, let's face it, you're maybe thinking about taking them anyway, or you have done, or you're, you're taking fem tests. So you're probably already injecting anyway. Because the thing is, remember girls, if you're micro dosing your FEM test, that's going to be subcutaneous. That's going to be into stomach fat. Uh, it doesn't necessarily need to be into muscle mass. Of course, larger doses for us males will always, always be intramuscular. But for micro-dosing um, steroids, it can be into subcutaneous like, or stomach fat, you could say, which is relatively pain-free and you wouldn't even feel it. But by now, I mean, I think you're thinking, right, Vaughn. well, cool. I understand what they mean. I know what they do. But... um you're probably thinking, right, well, can I take this along, along with FEMTest? If you're not sure what FEMTest is, again, please stop this podcast. Go check out the previous episode. Go check out the article on the website. Uh, but to give you a little reminder, um, FEMTest is just pretty much like low, low-dose low anthate, and it's used to bring females to the top end of their natural range. And the reason being, as always, is that you can recover better, get stronger, stay leaner, add more muscle mass quicker, more efficiently than if your testosterone levels were zero. That range being, of course, 0.6 nanomole per litre to 2 nanomole per litre. If you're getting confused with the nanomole per litre, it's just just units. Just forget about it. Just think, right, it's between 0.6 and 2. So what femtest or use of femtest would do would be to try and push you to sit at the top end of that range all year round. And by doing so, you, you should experience little to zero vitalization or any sort of side effects. However... Right, if you were 0.6 and you went to 2, that's like 233 percent more testosterone in your body. I can't guarantee and say for damn sure that you're not going to walk away with any size if you use that all year round for like three five years. Right, however, majority of side effects will often stem from um, spending t- prolonged time out of that natural range. So anything that's two and above, and um, you spend a long time out there, that's when you start going to see some of the sides. Now, if you were to use Anovar or primo, um, you would be you would push yourself out with the natural range, right? So let's say before taking FEM test, you're zero point six. You push it up to two, and then you're holding that there at two. And then all of a sudden, you add an Anavar or Primo. Well, that that's say maybe you're going to push you to four, right? So again, referring back to what I just said, if you spent a long period of time at four, viralization would occur. Um, however. If you were to spend a short period of time out with the actual range, that viralization shouldn't occur. However, remember that viralization, the development of male characteristics, stems from your usage over a prolonged period of time. So let's say, don't just look at the past year, look at the past five years. How long have you been out with the range versus how long you've been within the range um, is, 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 is what's going to dictate your side effects over time. So you then kind of go, right, well, that pushes me to a, a four, of Um Is there any point in continuing using the FEM test or um, should I not keep it in? You know, what should I do? is maybe what you're thinking. So in my eyes, and again, I'm giving you my opinion. I'm not saying to take this as the be all end all and this is right or wrong. This is just my my thoughts, um, which some people will agree with, some people that won't agree with. It makes sense for me to add that in, Right. So let's say your natural test levels were 0.6 and you decided, uh, okay, I'm just going to drop FEM test, right? And then that ANOVAR pushes you from 0.6 to maybe like a two and a half. Okay. Let's compare that to think like, right, well, I'm using FEM test and I'm at a two um, or there, thereabouts. And I add an ANOVAR pushing me to a four and you go, right, well, which scenario over that very short period of time will allow you to recover better add more muscle mass get lean, you know, or get leaner get stronger etc etc the answer is the latter right the one that's say four now of course this is like quite a rudimentary silly way of thinking about it but isn't isn't that kind of the way we think in bodybuilding anyway you know that everything that we do and there's a phrase that I like to use with some athletes it's just fuck it <laughs> you know what I mean like there's there's certain ways to do things, and uh, as a, a coach, a prep coach, I have a, um, a prerogative to educate, of course, uh, of how to do things in a kind of, quote-unquote, safe manner. But let's not be around the bush here, like, nothing we do in bodybuilding, the assisted game, is, is healthy. It should never be epitomised as that, and it should never be looked at as that. But because of that, at times, we can often have a mindset, and I've been there of well, fuck it, what's, it doesn't matter. You know, what's the point? But then, I think women, you you guys need to be, you, you can have that attitude for a really short period of time. But if you have that attitude for a long period of time, you have irreversible side effects that could potentially come into play, such as the effect it has to your voice, your jawline, and your clitoris as well. You know, those are things that, you can't change back. It's as simple as that. Whereas for, for us guys, you know, it doesn't matter if our voice gets a bit deeper. It doesn't matter if we get more of a of a stiff jaw or whatever. Um, it, that's where you have to be a bit more cautious with things. But of course, everything in this, uh, in bodybuilding, we we push the boundaries with. So there are parameters of, okay, roughly run this for the X, X long, X to Y long, um, and this is how much we use. There is situational times where we use a bit more. There's situational times where we run it for a bit longer. Situational times where we allow you to stay up with the natural range for a little bit longer. But those situations are discussed beforehand. You know, of, right, okay, speaking to an athlete, um, hey, you know, you've been on this for eight weeks, you know, maybe starting to notice, right, okay, voice is breaking ever so slightly, Um you know we should probably that's cool that's enough there. If the athlete says, "Look, I know this, but I don't care. I've just, I've got three weeks to my last show, but I want to run it or an extra show." Okay, cool. And then they maybe do it, and then all of a sudden they drop it, and boom, voice back to normal. But it's not often the case. If you if you think fuck it and you run it for a fucking long period of time, um, you'll have to live with some of those sides. I'm not trying to put you off or or whatnot. You know, fem tests on of our primo in females. It's it's fucking brilliant right that's my view it's fucking class like if if you're someone out there that's just a female bodybuilder and you want to get jacked you want to get big like it's brilliant all, all, all other things aside all the, 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 the you know impacts to your health and whatnot. it's fucking class And it's like as a male like as a male that's used a lot of steroids in the past like I think they're fucking brilliant yeah okay they're maybe not good for your health but neither is like having a fucking bevy and taking a few grams of coke Every other weekend, you know, and I know that's a pretty shite way of, of comparing it, but we all have our uh, ills that you know in this life. We all have our things that we that that give us that buzz. For some people, it's uh, nights out and drinking and whatnot, and recreational drugs. For us, it's not the steroids that give us the buzz, right? It's the it's the getting stronger in the gym that gives us the buzz. the the continual progression, the change over time, and the steroids just allow us to do that at a better. Better, more efficient, faster, quicker way than if we weren't there uh, if we were doing it naturally. So, yeah, I think I've went off on a little bit of a tangent there. But in summary, one of our prima bone are used within the female bodybuilding scene. They're very good. They're DHT derivatives. They uh, can mostly come in oral form. Prima bone will be will be the injectable side. They can have a, a plethora of, of of effects to your health that you need to be aware of and cautious of and support your health as you are particularly using them. Um, Play it safe, you know, run it six to eight weeks, no longer. All those potential male characteristic side effects, the viralization will come from your time spent with the natural range over a long period of time. Think years, you know, three, four, five years. So again, always have that in the forefront of your mind when you're making decisions based on the here and now um, of what's your future self going to say to you now and what are they going to wish you did or didn't do. Um, it can be run along uh, fem test. Whether you choose to keep the fem test in or not as you're using it is completely up to yourself. My view is that I would probably keep that in. So listen, guys. I hope that helps. Uh, ever since I have been chatting uh, more and more about um, you know sterising the female body and seeing, I've gotten a lot of messages from females and in inquiries and sign ups of girls want to use it um, and. If that's, if that's yourself, you're thinking about it um, and you want to do it in a safe manner and have someone that's going to have your best interests at the forefront of their mind, um, please do get in touch because everything that I would suggest would be from a logical and scientific background to try and make sure that you retain your femininity because at the end of the day, that's what this is all about, isn't it? You'll you'll bodybuild for a, a period of time in your life, but at the same time, uh, you maybe don't want to lose that femininity part of, of who you are there may be some girls out there that don't give a fuck and i'm sure if you look at some of the um the pro scene the women's pro bodybuilders you'll you'll see some examples of that but amazing physiques uh, nonetheless as i've already stated at the start of the podcast it's been a hugely successful period of time uh, at the start of the season uh, with you know 62 top 3s in 7 weeks that's not something that you hear uh, every every season really Um, it's been incredible it's been fucking inspiring it's been tiring it's been motivating and I'm just I'm here for it with bells on and I just I can't wait for the next one the next show uh, the next person on stage those moments where they they win or they place or they get a result it's uh, it's moments that I find it really hard to describe just how much joy it gives me being part of that moment and it's moments that I will genuinely cherish forever um, but again I'm rambling now so guys if you're thinking about competing you know where to come the best and the top you, you know, UK leading prep coach brand in the UK at the moment and um, all you got to do is head over to the website prepcoachuk fill the inquiry form or drop me a a dm on instagram or there's a type form inquiry link in my link tree as well on that but if not guys i hope you enjoyed and wherever you are whatever you do give it the beans